This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast weekend recap and rant. Kind of a two-part ramp. One is uh Serious one, not so serious, but before we get to all that, let me tell you about Waypoint TV. If you don't have the Waypoint TV app, you should get it because it's got kick-ass content on there. Fully produced TV shows, saltwater, freshwater, hunting, big game hunting, waterfall, upland hunting, pretty much everything you can think of and all in the palm of your hand. Or you can watch it on your smart TV or your Roku, Fire Stick, whatever that fancy technology is that you're using. It's available on all that stuff. And you can also find some podcasts on there, including this one. The Full Scale Outdoors Podcast is a proud member of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So if you're into more of just the podcasting thing, uh, the same app you're listening to my voice right now Search for Waypoint Outdoor Collective and subscribe to them. And that's another way to find this show. But you will also stumble upon a bunch of other shows that I'm sure you're going to love. All hunting, fishing related. So there you go. Also, this episode is brought to you by TheBeardStruggle.com. If you have not yet broke down for my incessant whining about beard products, <laughs> then just do it. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna love it. I uh, fought it for the longest time. Finally got some of it, and I freaking love it. Like I really do. Beard's great. It's supple. It's soft. It fills in. 
It uh, is just more manageable. So you're just, you know, not fighting it. That's like the name is pretty awesome, the beard struggle, because you struggle with the beard. So, I mean, there are a few lucky bastards out there that just their beard hair seems to lay nice and perfect and straight and whatever. I'm jealous of those guys. But uh, the rest of us mere mortals have to do stuff to make it better, and uh, the beard struggle will help you out. And it's all badass Viking themes, so you can feel like a man's man. Man. <laughs> all right. That was dumb. Anyways, let's get on with the weekend recap and rant. So Saturday, well, there's a bunch of different plans that got kind of wonky. We had been talking all week, like maybe doing some catfishing, um, maybe do a, like a catfishing at night podcast thing with a couple buddies and that sounded like that might be a thing. And then the closer we got to the weekend, those plans started to fall apart and degrade and then I was pretty sure they weren't going to happen. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do my own thing. So not knowing where I was going to fish, uh, you know, I should just make like a wheel or use one of those computer randomizer programs and just throw a bunch of lakes in that are in a radius around me and just hit it. Cause I was like where I'm going to fish is always like, I don't know. That's I don't, for whatever reason, that's the hardest part of, of my just, you know, the day is just deciding where I'm going to go. Uh, so I decided on a lake relatively close to my house. And then I was like, well, if I don't like it there, then I'll go try this other lake, which I've never fished in the summer. That could be fun. And then if that's stupid, I'll just continue on up and I'll fish Mille because the smallmouth bite up there has been decent, or so I've heard. Um, so I head to lake number one, and uh, it's busy. The freaking ramp is packed. Of course, it's hot. There's like almost no wind. And so all the pleasure crafters are out. Um, and my favorite wake boats, wake boarders, God, no, I hate those things. Um, but so I, I take off and I check some spots. Water levels are pretty low. Um, spot that I've done well before, this like overhanging tree. It's in really shallow water, but for whatever reason, it, it usually holds fish. Well, not today. The other thing I noticed, and for being this far into summer, there was like zero weeds. Uh, the, clearly, they treated it for weeds and I mean not the usually like the lily pads don't die but like there wasn't even lily pads like there was nothing and it was weird like you would find a random clump of like super sickly weeds and there'd be some bluegills like huddled around it and then where they didn't have that option they literally were just kind of using each other as cover they would just form these big schools and they were just kind of suspended there but they're out you know you would expect them maybe to go out deeper like maybe to the first break or something but no they're in like three to five feet of water just hanging out so they weren't spawning but i basically treated it like spawning and fished them um fished around them and uh yeah i caught bass doing that dogfish were picking them off left and right i'd see one roll and i'd cast to it i didn't hook up to any doggies but so that was you know they're kind of few and far between. Decent size, but, you know, still nothing braggable, but a decent average size. It just wasn't hot and heavy. Um, I mean, the the waves were hot and heavy, even though there wasn't a drop of wind, just because of all the 
recreational boaters out there and the water was green and I don't know, it got to be a point where I'm like, this feels like work almost. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm catching fish, but I was like, kind of had this realization, like, you know, I'm not really enjoying myself. Um, so let's, let's bail on this lake. This lake sucks. <laughs> At least it sucks today. Uh, so launch the, or put the boat back on the trailer, head to lake number two. No, I'm thinking lake number two is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Pretty small lake, pretty small landing. You know, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that bad as far as wreck boaters are concerned. And so I drive up there. This lake's probably another, oh, I don't know, 30 minutes from lake number one. So I pull into lake number two, and as I go down the road to get to the landing, there's already truck and trailers parked alongside the road. So my theory of it not being very busy, not shot to shit, um... No, I forgot. Like, it was a small landing, but so the actual landing only holds, like, six trailers, I think, which is not many. So if I, there's, like, a little bit, and there's, like, a glass, a glass, a grass overflow spot, I think there was, like, three trailers there, maybe three, four on the road, so, seven, ten, you know, so I guess really not that many, maybe seven other rigs out there, but that's not counting the people that have cabins on the lake, and there's a fair amount of those. Uh, the lake was busy. And same shit there. Water skiers, jet skiers, wakeboarders. You know, I used to hate water skiers. But in relativity to wakeboarders, they're really not that bad. I mean, you know, it's it's no worse than if a fishing boat goes by you, you know. I mean, the thing with, like, bass boats, when you're on a plane, those things hardly throw any wake whatsoever but you know you get a bigger lund or something like that a deep v they throw a little bit of a wake so really you know like a ski boat doesn't really throw that much more of a wake and jet skis don't really throw a wake either um they only get irritating when they just don't seem to have any common courtesy and they zip right past you at 20 yards like really dude um that didn't happen thankfully uh, but it has happened in the past. But wakeboarders, wake surfers take it to a whole new level of stupid. I mean, they're literally intentionally trying to create the biggest wakes possible so they can surf behind it. It's just... Uh, the problem I have with it is, yeah, it sucks trying to balance and you kind of have to pause fishing while you're trying not to fall out of your boat rocking and rolling over these giant waves that they just created but unlike the other pastimes which can be slightly annoying but that's all it is is annoying they don't affect the way anybody else recreates on that lake wake boats do like it's such an asshole move to use wakeboards. This is like a bonus rant. I just realized I'm going on. It's not even really what I meant to do, but, and you've heard me bitch about them before. So, you know what? I hate wakeboards. There, I ended it. Let's back to the recap. <laughs> Anyways, I had not uh, fished this lake before. Um, so I kind of got a little, the landing there. And I'm looking the shoreline, like right out from the landing. I'm like, there's some rocks on shore, a little bit of weed. I'm like, oh. This is a good place to start fishing as any. Start flipping out there the weed edge and didn't take long and boom, bass. I was like, sweet, this could be fun. I don't mind fishing to uh, or flipping to weed edges. It's a pretty fun way to fish. Uh, a few casts later, tap, set the hook, gone. <sighs> Stupid pike. So, all right, 
retie, throw a jig on, and then I fished a pretty good chunk of shoreline without getting any more bites. Um, but just kept working it. And uh, the way this lake sets up is that, like, the southern end is kind of deep. It's an impoundment or a reservoir, if you will, but like a really small one. And uh, the further north you get, or upstream as it would be, it gets shallower and weedier, and it just kind of changes. So I fished the rocky shoreline, and I picked up a couple more here and there, and then got into the weeds. Um, tried a few different presentations there, like swim jig. That didn't really produce much. I kind of flipped to clumps. Um, caught a couple doing that. Went to a frog. Um and I started getting blow-ups on the frog, and that that was a lot of fun because these fish were, like, violently attacking this frog. And, you know, normally, it, for people that have frog fished before, like, the best bites are the ones that just kind of slurp it under. Like, they really get it in there. It seems like when they – the more violent they attack it, the less likely they are to actually get a hook in their mouth. You know, they just punch it or headbutt it or whatever. Not these ones. The first one, you know, I'd, I'd made a couple casts, and I'm working the frog back, and I've almost got my retrieve finished. So you, you kind of look, you kind of give up on that, and you look like, where am I going to cast next? So I turn my head, and I just hear this huge splash, and the rod just about gets ripped out of my hands. I mean, it, this thing set the hook on itself. I was like, that's one of the other things with frog fishing that messes a lot of people up is they'll set the hook on, like, the splash, the sound, or the visual. And you have to kind of wait to see, make sure they have it before you set the hook. Well, this one didn't matter because it was like splash and whoa, he's on. And uh, reel him in. He's a nice, you know, two and a half pound or whatever. There, most of the fish I caught were right in that two and a half pound range. So I don't know. I assume there's better fish in there. Uh, I just didn't find them. But I mean, it's decent average, and they're built really stocky. So it just, it kind of. I'm gonna have to revisit that lake because it just, uh, it, it seems like it should be. It should hold some really good ones. So maybe a midweek um, <laughs> excursion when it's not so busy with all the uh, recreational boaters. There was a fair amount of fishermen out there too. I mean, for as little of a lake, I mean, there had to be 20 boats on at any given time. Like it's, I don't know, might not that might not seem like much to you, but it's a pretty small lake. So I continue to work around, caught a few more frogfish, caught a few more jigfish, and uh, they just continued to just freak out on these frogs i only really missed like two bites on the frog and like one came completely out of the water like exited the water probably i don't know eight to ten inches from the bait and then like hit the frog on the way down like kind of from the side like it was nuts um so that was pretty cool really should have had a should have had the gopro rocking for that those would have been some awesome top water blow up footage for sure so that was a ton of fun and I just kind of stuck it out on that lake. As I looked at the clock, I was like, well, I could wrap this up and I could head to Malax for a couple hours or just stick this out and explore this lake a little bit more, which is what I did. I uh, didn't really find anything too earth-shattering, kind of the same pattern persisted, but fished that pretty much right to sundown and then then headed home. <laughs> and then, then get the... Uh, it was kind of during that time I get the message from my buddies like, yeah, catfishing's not going to happen. Well, yeah, I'd kind of assumed that already, so no worries. <laughs> then I was going to take my daughter fishing on Sunday, uh, but she called me and her dogs had escaped her backyard 
And so she was up late trying to find her dogs, um, which I'll get into that as part of my rant. But So uh, my schedule was once again wide open on Sunday. So I decided to go up to um, a lake that we had fished already uh, a couple times and did okay. Or was it, did we just fish it once? I might have just fished it once. Yeah, so I went to West Rush, and then, so I was telling the wife, like, hey, if you want to meet me up there, you know, I left in the morning, and I'm like, if you want to meet me up there for lunch or brunch or whatever, you know, have a Bloody Mary, we can eat, because there's a bar, restaurant right on the lake, so I can boat right up to it, and they have some decent docks there, so it's always kind of fun when you can do that, you know, I don't know, I like it, I like being able to boat up to a place, and it's uh, kind of a different experience, but, so I head out there, check some spots that uh, produced in the past, and uh, did pick up a few bass right away. Nothing too crazy. Well, one was over three pounds. That was nice. But I kind of intended to do some pan fishing, which I did because I got that awesome custom rod from uh, Kishler Custom Rods LLC. You can find them on Facebook. Definitely go check them out. That's Kishler Custom Rods because Alan Kishler does an amazing job at building these things. When he, you know, the reason I had a custom panfish rod made is because when you go into the uh, store, like, I don't know, most ultralights, ultralights are like five foot. They're really short, and they come with these little tiny, like, ice fishing reels on them, and they're just they're really hard to cast light lures, which is, like, to me, seems counterproductive. But I mean, maybe they're assuming that most people are fishing with, like, you know, a big, giant red and white bobber and, you know, quarter-ounce jig and gobble worms or, you know, whatever, the stereotypical, like, movie angler family angler or whatever the big wavy hat and lure sticking off it and you know that kind of nonsense but for me i mean i'll use i'll use slip bobbers from time to time but i really like just swimming a jig like casting it out working it back and feeling the really light bites and fishing that way and these little short rods just they're terrible for trying to whip those light jigs out there so i uh Talk to Alan. I'm like, can you make me, what's the longest ultralight blank you got? And so he told me it was over six feet. And I'm like, yeah, that'll work. You know, and he just asked me, like, what kind of action do you want? What kind of grips you want? And literally custom built this thing from the ground up, you know, colors and what color wrap you want. And and then he slapped my, well, first he showed me with my name on there on the handle i'm like can you do the uh the logo he's like yeah i think i could do something like that so then he sends me a picture i'm like yeah dog um so i got the full scale outdoors logo on there which is pretty cool but this rod the moment i went and picked it up it is so sweet dude like you can just literally feel the quality it looks good the eyelets are like laser straight along the spine of this rod like it's probably the best rod I've ever handled. I'm pretty safe saying that. And it just makes me want to go pan fishing. So that was kind of my, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to go out and check these bass. And I just did, and I caught some. And then I'm like, I'm going to fish for some panfish. So I put a little jig on, and I just start throwing out there and start catching panfish right away. Um, A couple bluegills, but I really kind of stumbled upon, like, a really good crappie bite. Like, crappies are, like, right on this weed edge. And... When they're kind of in this pattern, man, are they fun to catch on the the way I like to fish for them, which is catch that light jig out there and swim it back because they just come rocketing out of those weeds 
And a lot of times, um, like I'll use a brighter colored jig, not so much because they hit it better, but because I can sight fish. So if I'm working my bait back, if it just like disappears, I set the hook because these fish are coming up almost vertical out of the weeds. And a lot of times you don't feel a bite and you don't see your line move. Like it's just, you know, it's an up, up bite or whatever. And a little flick of the wrist and that thing's on. And man, I was just loading up on crappies. It was a ton of fun. I caught a bass on that little tiny thing. That rod handled it like a champ. Did a little Facebook live thing. That was kind of fun. And then a few casts later, I, uh, feel a little strike set the hook boom big fish i thought another big bass or something and (laughs) nope much to my surprise and i forgot these fish were even in this lake it's a big freshwater drum i mean i I mean they get bigger than this but this was probably a good three four pounds um decent size especially on ultralight four pound test you know but that rod man i don't mean this to be a a commercial for uh, kishler customs but i gotta give credit where credit is due and i just love using that rod and it handled it like no problem so it's got that nice fast tip it's long i can cast them light jigs out there but it has plenty of backbone when you need it so that was that was a ton of fun and then uh i'd been wanting to do like a catch clean cook kind of video on sheephead i've been throwing it around i've never eaten one before and uh i know i can hear everybody groaning right now as they say it but that's kind of my point it's like they have a bad reputation but yet I've never eaten one, and I actually don't know of anybody else that's eaten one, and I know other cultures uh, really like them. So one of these days, I was like, one of these days, I'm just going to have to try it. So I was thinking about going down to, like, the St. Croix where there's a crap ton of them, and you can pretty much catch them at will, and that was going to be – I was going to intentionally go out and do that. Well, I never did, and uh, maybe I still will. So I I ended up keeping that, that sheephead. So later that night we get back and uh so I clean up these fish and uh I'm like I should set a camera up or something and I just I'm like, well, what if I like mess it up? I mean I've never cleaned one, I don't know how you know, again, just my own like bias I have against the fish. I was like, I've heard they're bony, you know, so I'm like, these things can even like they could be a pain in the ass to clean and I might butcher the hell out of this thing. I don't know. So I'm like, ah, I'm not going to record it. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to, I'll see what it's all about. And then if it's worth my effort, then, you know, maybe I'll go back and, and make something. So I go to cut it up and I go to cut it up just like it would be like a, you know, a large panfish or something. They're kind of shaped that way. And I have an electric knife and just, you know, right behind the gill, along the, along the spine, right through the ribs. No problem. Piece of cake. Cut the ribs out. Take the flesh off the skin. Everything's going great. Um, so what I do notice is that the the sheephead has um, they got that like red lateral line, that oily kind of fat, you know. Like so, I know from experience on other fish, like you need to cut that out. So I I remove all that stuff, and they, you, I can feel some pin bones right kind of down the middle where that lateral line is. So instead of trying to get like surgical precision. I just cut a strip, almost like you would remove Y bones out of a pike, which is where that like bloodline ran, anyways. And so I killed two birds with one stone. I took those bones out, removed that red line, trimmed up a little more of anywhere I found that kind of red fat. I trimmed that off, rinsed it up, and uh, not surprisingly, the flesh looked a lot like redfish flesh, 
which is a red drum in salt water and freshwater drum being of the same species. Um, not surprising. They look very similar. So I'm feeling pretty hopeful at this point because, well, I've eaten redfish and it's decent. So I don't know why this would be any worse. Right. So I take a couple pieces of that. Um, I should just take a piece of it and I get a pan going, melt a little butter in there. And so anytime I try a new kind of meat or even like when I'm foraging and I find a different kind of mushroom I've, I've never eaten before, I always cook it pretty much just in butter, salt, and pepper just to see what it actually tastes like. So I know if I need to doctor it, what would complement it well, you know, I need to know what I'm working with before I get too crazy. Plus, I just want to know what it tastes like. You know, if you're putting a bunch of breading on there or, or some kind of marinade, like, what are you going to taste? You're going to taste a marinade in the breading. So I pretty much cook it naked just like that. Butter, salt, pepper. Cook the one side, flip it, cook the other side, take it off, let it cool down. And I start eating it. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, it's pretty dang good. It's uh, nice, firm. The The texture is much more firm um, than most of the game fish that we eat. Um, somewhat similar, but not as firm as like scallops, if you've ever had scallops. So it's not quite, it, it's... It's somewhere like in between scallops and, and most other freshwater fish. So pretty dang good. A little bit of a sweet flavor to it. Um, nothing off-putting at all. So, yeah, you could easily bread those things up like you would anything else, and it would taste fine. I think because of their firmer um, texture, I think they would be really good on the grill. You could do like a blackened something or other. Um, so, yeah, that was a successful experiment for sure. And, uh, I will either go out on purpose or if I get, you know, if I just get lucky and catch another one as a side catch, um, I will have to make like a little how to, how to clean and cook video. Um, I think that'd be, I think that'd be pretty good. There's not, there's not much out there on the old interwebs about it. Uh, so I know you're all are shaking your head. Like I can't believe I'm telling you guys it's, <laughs> It's good. It's exactly what I thought. It's just it's one of those things, one of those biases that just gets handed down generation to generation just because we've heard it and we've never questioned it and we've never tried it. So, you know, next time you're out there fishing and you, and you happen to catch a sheephead, keep it. Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? You got nothing to lose. If you don't like it, don't eat it. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, it goes against your walleye limit or anything. It's just one. It's one more fish. So another opportunity to get some some good fish in you so there's the uh the old recap for my rant oh man man i said i had two rants now i already forgot what they're gonna be um i wasn't gonna do wakeboards even though i already did the wakeboards ah for goodness sakes i don't know why i don't write this stuff down um do, 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 do. Uh, wow. Well, maybe it'll come to me. So I'll do the, the not so serious rant. So my daughter, because we weren't able, we weren't able to go fishing because her dogs got out. So she takes the social medias right and uh, posts on this and um, you know, makes it shareable. Everybody starts sharing it. And the good news is, they found her dogs. They weren't that far from her house. They were, like, on the next street over. Somebody took them in for the night. 
and they came back and, and brought him over and we were just like going crazy, you know, like, like almost how viral it went, how fast uh, people love their puppies, man. I mean, it's crazy how much, uh, people came out in support of her, like strangers calling her up, like, Hey, I think I saw, you know, it's just, it's, it was insane. I think she had like in the, just that one night, like 158 or 185, whatever it was, shares. Like, that's ridiculous, uh, which is really good. My daughter got her dogs back. That's awesome. But my rant is, I mean, what do I got to do, guys? Do I got to buy a dog with a full-scale collar on it and uh, and let that thing go on the street so I can get some shares out of you guys, you slackers? <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Like, my network, the Full Scale Outdoors network, is, you know, I think I'm getting close to tapped out on, like, my friends list or whatever on my personal page on Facebook. And I I don't know how many followers I got on the Full Scale uh, Outdoors Facebook page. But that's problem number one. Like, I have way more friends, in air quotes, on my personal page than I have likes for Full Scale Outdoors. So if you're my friend on Facebook and you're listening to this and you don't like Full Scale Outdoors on Facebook, dude, uh, what the hell? Definitely like that. Join the Full Scale Outdoors group where you can share photos or anything like outdoors, your out your own outdoor company or whatever you want. You can ask questions about the podcast, anything. It's it's wide open forum for you to use. And then share these episodes. <laughs> like, man, she got 158 because her dogs were lost in like six hours. Six hours. I've been doing this for like a year and a half. Uh, here I am begging for shares. <laughs> so don't make me. It's like I need to make that meme where I like can hold a gun to a puppy's head or something. I don't know. <laughs> share this episode. Share this. Uh, share the Full Scale Outdoors page or the puppy gets hurt. No, I would never do that. But, yeah, you get where I'm coming from. <laughs> I mentioned that to her. She just rolled her eyes. She's like, oh, my God, Dad. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Anyways, so, yeah, I'm not – I'm not. Uh, I'm only half serious with that. Um, I do appreciate everybody that's been listening and sharing the uh, podcast. Uh, that's, like – literally, it's the, it's the biggest thing um, for growth of this is it's on you guys. Like, I – there's only so much I can do on my end. You know, I'll keep producing the content – and getting out there, and as long as you guys are digging it and I'm getting good feedback, I will continue to produce it. I do got a couple of, of good guests coming up, and I know it's been pretty fish and heavy, but for my uh, hunting peeps, don't worry. Uh, believe it or not, I know we're just getting into summer here, like officially, but I know my mind is already wandering to hunting and been a great goose hatch this year. So we're going to be doing some more uh, waterfall episodes, not just the waterfall Wednesday, but I want to do some, you know, main episodes, long form, you know, bullshit um, sessions like we usually do here on the old full scale outdoors podcast. Um, but also deer hunting. I have a, uh, I don't want to give the name yet because I just don't want to build it up too much. And then it doesn't happen for whatever reason. Cause we've already had to reschedule once, but a pretty well known name in the deer hunting world 
Um, it's going to hopefully be on the podcast here real soon. And this week's episode is also about deer hunting with um, Typo Creek Outdoors. They uh, sell blinds, the stump blinds. So I talked to him. That was, pretty, that was a really good conversation. Had a lot of fun. Cool dude. So that's coming up this week. That will be released Thursday. And uh, other than that, yeah, it's like I said, it's up to you guys to keep sharing it and promoting it. Um, the more reach we have, the better content, the better guests, the bigger names I can get. So keep this thing growing. I appreciate your support that you've given me so far, and that's awesome. Also, if you guys would like a decal, I do have them. Um, so as an added incentive, if you would like a decal, um, share the uh, the page, and then just like you know, send me a screenshot or something uh, in a message. DM me and then give me your address. Say, hey, man, I want a decal, and I will send you a decal. They're fairly limited. We'll see how fast these go, and if I need to order more, I will. Um, I'll kind of wait to do it by demand. I'm also looking at getting some more hats here pretty soon because uh, I just have a few of those left, and hopefully I can get something set up where I'm not holding all the inventory like I did before. I can do some sort of drop shipping. That way you guys can get whatever color combination you you want, basically, and you just order it and it'll come straight to you and I won't have to handle it. That'll be nice. So those are some things to look forward to. Once again, thanks guys for listening. So before I go, this podcast has been brought to you by the Waypoint TV app and the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Check those things out and thebeardstruggle.com for all your great beer care stuff. So thanks guys. Oh yeah, for the beard care struggle, I forgot to mention this in the beginning. Uh, use code FULLSCALE15. You'll save yourself 15% off your purchase. So make your beard rock, dude. All right, thanks again, everybody. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors recap and rant. Whatever your passion, pursue that full scale.